Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is an issue that's been talked about a great deal, written about a great deal, and uh, there are so many opinions out there, and I've talked to so many people about it, and it's the issue of the Safer Supply of Drugs program. How effective is this? And it's for drug-addicted people. They have access to um, a safer supply of, of drugs like uh, heroin and uh, fentanyl and other drugs to help them in their difficult times. Now, is it actually doing that job? There are communities, people in communities who say, no, where these drugs are made available sh- very close by, they wind up with, uh, with issues that are very difficult to deal with and uh, abuse of these, uh, these drugs. So is it a success? Is it a failure? So that's part one of what we're going to talk about as far as the drugs are concerned. The other one has to do with chronic pain patients and we'll get into this issue before the end of the hour. Chronic pain patients, we've talked a lot about this on the program. I, I talked to a, a widow of a chronic pain patient who took his own life because uh, he was refused the continuance of what was a very successful and physician-supervised program of opioids for him. Just couldn't get them anymore, so he shot himself in the head. I'm not going to soft-coat this stuff. It's real. And uh, I'm very happy to speak with Dr. Brian Conway, Medical Director and Infectious Diseases Specialist at the Vancouver Infectious Diseases Center. Dr. Conway knows what this is all about. Dr. Conway, thank you very much for coming on the program. Well, it's been too long, Roy, and before we get into the subject matter at hand, uh, I know you've been very public about uh, sharing some of your own uh, health issues, and I wish you you well, and I would like to send a shout-out to all these guys that are a little less young than they used to be. If all of a sudden you have to get up twice a night to pee, uh, this is not normal. This is not you just getting older. You need to have this checked out. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, do that. And uh, uh, Roy, I wish you well. Thank you, Dr. Conway. I really appreciate that. And, and I was stupidly uh, in, in denial about exactly that. I was... It's taking longer to pee, and uh, well, it says, eh, it'll take care of itself. So that's nothing. Well, it turned out to be something, and it's something very serious. But I'm still on the right side of the carpet, and I'm being well-treated by, by our health care system, which is under duress, as you know. Um, but uh, I do appreciate your, your thoughts and your support, Dr. Conway. On this, on this issue of uh, safer supply of drugs, um, what's the objective here in layman's terminology it's been around for a while it's being criticized as being a, a dangerous program what's your assessment of it well it's not black and white i think that the theory is that as the street supply of drugs gets more toxic and puts a person who buys it at risk of an overdose if not death the idea is if they had access to other opioids that were prescribed such as the safer supply 
they would choose to use those as opposed to what they would purchase on the street and thereby not be exposed to that risk of overdose or death. That's the theory that underlies the program. And how's it worked out? Well, it's not black and white. Obviously, it's been around for a while. Here in British Columbia, this past year, we set a record for the number of overdose deaths, over 2,500. So if the question is, has it led to a decrease in overdose deaths? Absolutely not. Is it a tool that we should be using in the context of other tools? That's probably true. So if people try to say, does it work or does it not work? The answer, from my point of view, it works in context and it needs to be viewed in that way. So you're on the east side of Vancouver. Your clinic is on the east side, correct? Yeah, correct. So, so you see, you see a great deal of uh, of, of the issue happening in front of you and in your clinic. Um, can, can this program be? refined at, at this point? Because, you know, we, we, we've been hearing, and you know, again, you know far better than I'm asking, just asking questions here. Um, we've been hearing that the those addicted to drugs will get their their their, their package of, 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 of drugs, and then they'll go to a, a dealer on the street and sell them so they can go and so they can buy more potent drugs and use the drugs they just received as, as at least a down payment. How much of that is going on? Well, our Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, recently admitted that that was happening without necessarily quantifying it. So it's real. It's something that that does happen. So that's why I am completely opposed to to people who say, well, let's just make this safer supply, hydromorphone being the usual drug, trade named allotted. Let's make it widely available, freely available without restriction, and that will solve the problem. If there is already some amount of diversion occurring with prescribed medications, then I think that will uh, th- this will just exacerbate the problem. This is why I'm not using the word safe supply anymore. I'm calling it supplementary opioid agonist therapy, OAT, opiate agonist therapy. We know this. It's methadone. It works. So what we're saying is methadone alone doesn't work. We need to supplement it. We need to put it in the context of a plan of care that is individualized and it is meant to help the individual that is seeking help at that point in time. And in that context, it may be that additional ingredient that's really going to help us engage the person better, help them deal with their addiction better, and that plus other services is going to be the key to it, not just safe supply alone. So uh, at this time, then today... You don't really have to prove that you're addicted. If I understand it, you don't have to prove that you're addicted. You have to declare that you're addicted. Then you become eligible to receive this, the ADT. In its simplest form, that's right. So people who come in and say, I want safe supply, view it almost as, as, uh, as something that they're entitled to. And we initiated discussion. I have over 200 individuals who are on this supplementary opiate agonist therapy. And I tell them, look, this isn't a McDonald's. You've got to come in and we've got to talk. And we're going to try and individualize things, programs, interventions to your needs. And an extra tool in the toolbox is this hydromorphone, this dilaudid. And I think if you view it in that way, it has a chance of being very helpful. If you view it as a solution, if this is what we need, we just need more safer supply and things are going to get better, then that's not true. If we view it as a right or an entitlement, that doesn't help us. We have to put it in context. Dr. Conway, have you seen anyone who's actually been able to um, rid themselves of their drug addiction by using this, this ADT, this safer supply? Oh, absolutely. It, 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 again, it has to do with 
you know, what is it that you need that's going to help you get through this, that's going to decrease your cravings for street drugs, that is going to allow you to sort of rebuild uh, a life that uh, is, is free of street drug use. Some, they have medical issues, they have social issues that need to be addressed. And the only way that we're going to address that is by engaging people in care. The only way we're going to engage them in care is by addressing the addiction using all the tools we have at our disposal, including the use of additional opiate therapies beyond the methadone and other things we've been used to in the past. Is there political will to follow your, your, uh, your lead and uh, your, your advice that these drugs should not be available without a prescription? Is there the political will to engage that? Well, it's interesting that when the coroner's report came out here in British Columbia suggesting that they be available without uh, a prescription, within minutes, Premier of the province, Premier Eby, said, absolutely not, we're not doing that. So that is, you know, almost for sure not going to happen. But what has not yet been articulated properly is what is the role of this intervention in the broader picture of addressing the opioid crisis. And that is what I hope we will be working on in the coming weeks and months. Yeah. Why would the premier listen to a doctor who's right in the middle of it, eh? That's, well, let's, uh, you know, <laughs> an election's coming up. They tend to listen better when an election's coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Job insecurity. <laughs> Dr. Conway, thank you. Appreciate the time today. Thanks so much. Roy, always a pleasure. Be well. There was a headline in uh, the Toronto Star last weekend, or last week, rather. 13 overdoses in less than an hour. Belleville, Ontario, confronts an overwhelming overdose crisis. 55,000 people in Belleville. 13 overdoses in less than an hour. That's how bad it's getting. But that's uh, some of what we talked about with Dr. Conway. Barry Ulmer with me now, the executive director of the Chronic Pain Association of Canada. Barry, you and I have talked many times on and off the air. Thanks for joining us. How bad is it? First of all, how many chronic pain patients are there in this country? I don't, I don't think anybody really knows, but, but the numbers, you know, are, are in, the, in the tens, hundreds of thousands, Roy, and it's getting worse because there's fewer and fewer doctors who are willing to work in the field. Yes, it was, what is it, 10 or 15% of the population, right? Yep. So if we have 40 million people in this country, and it's 10%, that's 4 million. It's a tremendous number. It's a huge number of people. So in 2017, there was a guideline that was released by Health Canada, and uh, the chairman of the, or the, the author of the guideline was a chiropractor at McMaster University who can't even prescribe Tylenol-3, but he was the author of this guideline, which brought a great distressing reality to chronic pain patients in this country. So how bad is it? For the chronic pain patient, Barry, who was accustomed, even today may be accustomed, and have found a quality of life uh, with prescribed uh, opioids prescribed by a physician with whom this patient has had an ongoing and longstanding relationship dealing with chronic pain. How bad is it for the patient today? It is tremendously bad, Roy. As I said, there's there's fewer and fewer doctors because of those those guidelines and and the policymakers going after physicians for prescribing. Have, most doctors have dropped out of the field, and it's getting worse. Even with their upcoming update of, of the new, of the guideline, it's just going to remain the same because of the, the percentage of, of uh, medications that they want to use is even is even dropped more than it was then. So, for the for the person who is uh, totally debilitated by the chronic pain they're living with, and who is finding their opioid medication 
which, again, prescribe good relationship with the doctor. They understand each other. They make sure that the, the, the prescription amount is uh, commensurate with the, with the need. Uh, that person, that, that, that patient, is in serious trouble. How often does it lead to thoughts of, attempts at, and actual commit, committing of suicide? Well, I don't think in Canada we we have trouble coming here with numbers, but it's, it is from our perspective, and and the, and the calls and and uh, for information that are just getting worse and worse and worse. But just look at the MAID statistics and the number of people who are applying for uh, for uh, use of the, uh, the MAID situation, which of course, as you know, the only reward for MAID is death, basically, and that's what they're using to control their pain. It's it's nonsense. That's terrifying. So what about new guidelines, Barry? There's also talk about new guidelines to replace the ones from 2017. Well, there's, uh, they've been reviewing the, or were supposed to review those guys, the 2017 guidelines within five years. That's what we were told at, uh, when, it, uh, when they came out. However, we're now into the seventh year, and they finally, uh, the group that's reviewing them have, have finally come out with, with allegedly uh, guidelines, except they won't tell you what they are. Uh, they've recently sent out a, a survey asking uh, of about 10 or 11 questions asking for uh, views of people, and this is from all over the world, it's not Canadians, of, of what these new guidelines or, or the view would be. And, and even one of the examples in there is, is the, the, the amount of medication that they're recommending to use uh, is, is not much better than, than what it's been. And we all know that people in severe chronic pain, uh, that amount that they're allowed or su- suggesting to, to use won't won't touch most people's pain, uh, especially those who are in severe pain. It just won't do it. We all know that. Yeah. I've talked to so many chronic pain patients over the years, and we've done quite a few programs, as you know, and with you and with uh, with others, with patients, who are in a very, very distressing reality, and they have nowhere to turn because, you, as you said, doctors have been, who were, who were prescribing and who were treating pain patients, many have been chased out of that particular discipline, they're afraid that their colleges of physicians and surgeons will come down on them and threaten their license, no matter what the uh, colleges say. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I've talked to doctors who've told me, yeah, actually, my license has been threatened. The colleges will say, no, no, we don't do that. But the doctors say, yeah, they do. Um, it's, it's a terrible world, a terrible reality for chronic pain patients, Barry, and the reality is any person could be the next person at any time. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, you can just walk walk out on the street and fall and, and crack your ankle or something, and, and nothing helps it. So uh, anybody is prone to that sort of stuff, and and there's just and there aren't any doctors that will treat them. As I've we've been after Health Canada for years now. They they keep coming up with these things, and we keep asking them, well. Who's going to treat all these patients? And and because of the lack of doctors, and they have no explanation, and they're not spending money on. Yet here we see now that they're spending money on American cable TV advertising some services that don't really exist. We all know that, and it's just becoming ridiculous. Yeah, you put me in touch with uh, a couple in their sixties a couple of years ago, and the gentleman had been uh, used to a an, 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 uh, opioid medications prescribed by his doctor, and then the doctor got afraid and stopped prescribing. And the gentleman committed, or he attempted suicide, and it was his wife who found him and saved his life. What a terrible, terrible situation 
and so damned unnecessary. Mr. Almer, thank you for everything you do. It's the Chronic Pain Association of Canada, and our listeners should get behind you. Thanks very much, Roy. It's nice, uh, nice to be here. Always good. Good talking to you. Thank you. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.